you post something on TikTok and it goes out to a pool of between 200 to 600 viewers. You will see most accounts sit in this TikTok jail of 200 to 600. One of the most important things is who those viewers are. Hey there, James here, and you're listening to the Own The Moment podcast, the show where we explore the complex and always evolving landscape of marketing, advertising, and branding, and try to get to the bottom of what it means to be a truly memorable brand. The On The Moment podcast is brought to you by Como Technologies, a self-service, complete customer engagement platform that helps you cut through the noise to truly connect with your customers and retain and grow those connections over time. With Como, you can build and deploy new campaigns, activations, promotions, and programs in days, not months. And our software is used by some of the world's biggest consumer brands from Heineken to Budget, Goodman Fielder, Foxtel, JLL, Williams Racing, and McDonald's. Learn more at como.tech. The marketing publication Contagious recently surveyed over 100 advertising executives about the media channels with the most creative potential, and TikTok received the highest combined score in terms of both potential and prioritization, with 40% of respondents voting it the platform with the most creative potential, and 50% of respondents voting it as the one channel to focus on in 2023. For today's episode, I spoke with Sam Gillies, the Chief Content Officer at Nonsensical, an agency dedicated to growing brands on TikTok. To date, they've helped their clients reach over 600 million organic video views and drive over 1 million pounds in sales. Sam helped me walk through what he calls the 20 commandments of TikTok, the 10 do's and the 10 don'ts for brands wanting to go viral on the app. Sam walked me through how TikTok's most successful brand accounts, from Ryanair to Gymshark and Duolingo, make content that consistently wins attention. From whether or not brands should jump on the latest TikTok trend to how to reach the right audience, we covered it all. This is a one-hour deep dive into branded TikTok, so if you're in marketing and want to grow your TikTok account, this episode is for you. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Sam. Thanks for having me, James. So, Sam, I wanted to um, to have you on today to talk about TikTok. Um, And despite all the news about whether we should ban it and whether it's melting kids' brains, um, it's still one of the most exciting uh, and creative platforms for marketers today. I wanted to just quickly run you through some numbers that I saw in in sort of my research for this episode. And it was uh, Contagious, the uh, marketing and advertising publication that surveyed 100 um, advertising execs. Um, and what they asked was which uh, media channel has the most creative potential. And, and you know, TikTok blew everything out of the water. Uh, I think 40% of respondents said it was absolutely the most, uh, uh, the, the channel with the most creative potential and 50% voted it as the one to focus on in 2023. So before we start with the topic of today's show, uh, tell me how and why did you end up founding an agency dedicated solely to TikTok. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much for the intro. And basically it was, we, we're nonsensical, right? So we're a TikTok agency. We're based in the UK. We have, we're predominantly UK, but we have European and American clients as well. And we were born out of communities, basically. We were community builders. So we had uh, communities on Instagram and Facebook called Best of Bristol, if you've ever been to Bristol, and Birmingham Updates stand Birmingham and we started doing social media management off the back of that around about five years ago or so and during COVID 
we basically realized there's this great platform, TikTok, where everybody's dancing, all the brands are trying to come onto it. And we didn't really understand it ourselves. Like, we'll be brutally honest. We had no idea what we were doing at that point. So we did like probably many brands did. We brought on a load of Gen Zs that we hired. We hired four people. <laughs> and we said, what we want you to do, because we build communities, we want you to build communities that are about you, about your interests, and we're brand them endless something. Um, and so we set up about seven different communities, and five of them were shipped. Two of them were really, really good. One of them was Endless Pride, which is an LGBTQ plus community. One of them was Endless Mythology, which is a mythology community. So if you like Zeus, Hercules, wow. all of that type of stuff, they've got combined just wow. close to a million followers. They've had, I think, about 200 wow. million views in the last year. So that was our foray. That's how we got into it. And we suddenly went, that's how you do TikTok, community building. Hmm. We opened it up to brands. Hmm. And at the end of 2021, all of a sudden we were realizing was all of the brands we were working with had no clue about TikTok and they wanted to get good at TikTok. So early 2022, we repivoted the whole agency. We went, you know what? Screw everything else. Let's forget about Instagram. Let's forget about Facebook. Let's forget about graphics. Let's forget about email or PPC. We went, we need to focus everything on TikTok and build this entire agency mm. around TikTok specialists. Hey, that's so that's absolutely fascinating and so i, I you know i, I just want to say you are absolutely our tiktok for brands expert um i'm happy to brag on your behalf i you know saw on your website you've helped brands get over 600 million organic views which is just bonkers um and so today what i wanted to do with you sam was walk through the sort of the 10 commandments of of um of tiktok the 10 do's and the 10 don'ts of tiktok for brands uh, specifically um i thought we could start with the do's and then we can move on to the, the don'ts. And so the first do that you've given me here, Sam, is to understand why you want to be on TikTok in the first place, what your audience is on this platform, and understand that bef uh, before you do anything else. Yeah, it's the biggest thing. That one of the, I think before you even think about why you want to be on TikTok as a brand, you have to understand how the algorithm works on TikTok. It's TikTok consider themselves an entertainment platform, not a social media platform. Mm. And the way the algorithm works, I'll try and do this in like 30 seconds, but you post, you post something on TikTok and it goes out to a pool of between 200 to 600 viewers. You will see most accounts sit in this TikTok jail of 200 to 600 when they post things. Most creator accounts, most brands, you post something out, it goes to 200, 600. One of the most important things is who those viewers are. So you've got to figure out what talk you want to sit in. So if you're a TikTok user, you will know your feed is littered with interests based around what you like. So me, I have a Dachshund. I have a lot of Dachshunds that appear on my TikTok. I love football. I get a lot of football. So I'm in football talk, Dachshund talk. Mm. So as a brand, your first exercise is going, what is my audience on TikTok? If I am a restaurant do i want to appear in restaurant talk or do i if i'm a london restaurant do i actually want to appear in london talk so you start that you start with that piece immediately to figure out what your audience is there's a whole piece of work that goes into that but figuring out what your audience is and then what talk they sit in because before you do anything else you've got to make sure that that viewership that you're targeting the 200 to 600 is the right people because otherwise you're going to pump out content that might be good, might be bad, but it's going to the wrong people. If it's going to Newcastle and you're promoting about London, they're not going to care. 
So knowing your audience and figuring out who they're on TikTok is that first step because you ultimately then know who's going to be seeing the content. Now, how you optimize to that audience is a different thing. We can come on to that. But understanding that audience piece is massive. It's where brands fall over all the time. I I love that term TikTok jail. Um, And just like with some of my own experiences, um, that resonates. So, you know, I know very little about TikTok, um, especially compared to you. Those 200 to 600 people, how are they being selected? You know, let's say I'm a brand. I've made my first video. I'm jumping on a trend. I don't know, the Roman Empire trend or whatever this week. Uh, I've put it out. How How does TikTok decide? who those 200 to 600 people are for my brand how does that work if 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 that's known yeah yeah it's 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 relatively known there's some stuff it's a bit of a black box but there's various things you can take so as a new account it's different to a account that exists already but as a brand new account it will be based on your captions you're using your hashtags what's in the video itself so the ticks the text you're using within tiktok if it's about football and it says football in the title, TikTok will read all of those things to be, this is about football. It says it in here. It says it there. The other side is location. So if you post from Australia, that's your brand new account. You've got an Australian SIM card. You have got an, uh, all your phones in Australian, a different language, right? Um, and you post there, it's going to go out to Australia. Those 200 to 600 people will be Australian. So brands that are international, they might want to hit Germany, but they're posting from the UK. You're never going to hit Germany. Your your pot is going to be UK-based initially. So you've got to be really, really specific about where you're posting from, what captions you're using, the hashtags. The other thing is who you follow, who you're interacting with. TikTok uses this as like connectors, signals to go like what type of talk does it sit in so there's a load of build work you do initially and the longer you go on it's based a bit off your followers who's interacting with it sure they start coming into the pot but it's it is always there's always new users in there the whole time so mm-hmm. that text part so that audience piece right once you've got the audience you know if you should be putting football or london or something else mm-hmm. but you don't want to be too much because if you put in i know it's a trending subject like the roman empire example you're talking about the roman empire which is a whole trend world but it's also history then at that point and if you happen to be tagging in london and then also potentially restaurant tiktok's really confused at that point tiktok is like where am i putting this video it's it doesn't really know yeah yeah that's that's yeah, that, I mean, just that example there is really, really interesting. I mean, you know, how, how to, and we're going to get to trends a little bit later on, but how to jump on a trend without blowing up the TikTok's understanding of who you are. That's, yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. Okay, so the second do uh, is be authentic to this audience. Uh, make sure it looks like a TikTok, not too high production, shouldn't feel scripted, and the creator looks authentic to your brand. What, what did you mean by that? I, it, again, so many brands jump on the platform and the first thing they do is they come on and they make something heavily produced. They they could have done a TV ad. They could have made something elsewhere and they've then chopped it down from six, 16 by 9 into a 9 by 6. And TikTok users just immediately smell a, smell a rat. They're just like, it doesn't look like a TikTok. Your feed is consistently going to be pretty lo-fi. Creators that fit the talk that we were talking about so if you're not doing something that feels authentic to that audience, that talk that we keep talking about, it's going to look really out of place. And people are going to think this is an ad 
or this isn't right. There are some really, really well-produced accounts that it's not all about pure lo-fi, but they still feel authentic to that talk, to that sure. user and stuff like that. So making it feel authentic, native is like just so important. Mm, I think native is a really interesting word there. I had, um, I don't know if you know Tom Goodwin, I had him on the show um, a couple of months ago and he really talked about this idea of the problem of taking, you know, TV ads and putting them on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok for that matter. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, do number three uh, from you, Sam, was be relatable to the audience. Yeah, you can kind of see how these are all linked already, right? So if you've got your talk. Absolutely. Right? If you've got your talk, if we're making a brand account that's all about, let's let's come up with something, about plants, as an example, what is relatable to that audience in that talk? So do that research about, okay, here are, because you will see disparate, wildly different styles. You'll see green screens. You will see comedy. You will see something useful. Right. But you've got to figure out, but something based on your brand itself, right? Like relatability means many things to people. It's about passion, could be relationship, it could be your job. Mm. But what is relatable about it? When we, when we script things, we re-script things so much because we just go, oh, that's not really relatable to anyone. No one's going to relate to that particular thing. So you've got to find something there that is actually a connector point to that talk audience, be it the Roman Empire trend mm. is relatable to women and men at the same time in a very different way. But how do you then bring in that relatability back to the brand, right. back to plants and stuff like that? It's mm. That's why the Roman Empire trend was amazing because it's inherently relatable to almost everybody in that scenario. Yeah. It's fascinating as well because I, like, I don't know if this is true, but my anecdotal sense of, I guess, social media right now is that that relatability piece feels like bigger than it's ever been. And I, I mean, just, okay, so small side note, like uh, I'm a dad uh, and my social media is filled with like uh, parent content. So it's like, you know, and, and yeah, I share that with my wife like all day long on my phone. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's fascinating to me because that, and maybe I'm just misremembering, but I don't remember that from five years ago on Instagram or on Snapchat or on Facebook. And I think maybe that speaks to that idea of this entertainment rather than social media piece, which is, yeah, which is really, really interesting, I think. And, you know, especially when you consider how brands can jump on parent talk or um, whatever it might be. Yeah, massively. Um, so Instagram was like, I think like back in the day where brands were getting big on there, I always think back to the Oreo campaign which is more Twitter based and stuff like that. But it was never, do you remember when the Super Bowl lights went out and they did that amazing reactive tweet and it yep. was used as like the test case for reactivity for years. And they had, when they made it, they had lawyers in the room ready to go. Wait, I think it was like, don't quote me on this, something <laughs> like 10, 15 years ago. And it was like, that was never relatable, but it was funny and it was a moment. But you didn't have brands designing this content now where they're oh. just like, they're trying to tap into creator-led content around relatability i think you're absolutely right it's a big big change now because now you've got to do something where your brand and your audience is pretty irrelevant because you've got to go out to a new audience on tiktok who are only interested in entertaining so it's different because you could broadcast back in the day and you had a good reach it's dead now on instagram and facebook compared to where it used to be in terms of the reach but you had a good reach mm. now you don't always cross it you've got to do content that's relatable otherwise it just doesn't cut through the algorithm again is like yeah i don't know 
crazy in that mm. side. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, like uh, two years ago, during sort of the last big um, like Web three sort of crypto um, bull run, where like you'd have like Wendy's and Starbucks like tweeting at each other about like you know GM and all the sort of the crypto memes, and it just felt like the absolute opposite of relatable. Um, and it, for me, it just felt like such a uh, an example of what not to do. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. It's entertaining, but in a yeah. different way. Not, it doesn't uh, make you think like that. Right, right. It, yes, that might have gone viral for the wrong um, for the wrong reasons. Uh, number four, I found really interesting, um, Sam, and it was pick a lane. If you want to educate, educate. If you want to go for funny, then go for funny. Don't try and do everything at once. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not to bang on about the algorithm too much, but when I talked about the 200 to 600 viewers and finding out who they are, the biggest thing then is where you see videos start to ripple down. You've got, you've got about six factors on what TikTok judges them about why they're any good. And they all relate back to two things. It's watch time and engagement. So of those 200 viewers, if TikTok sees that you are, people are responding to you, are they engaging, they're liking, they're commenting, they're sharing, they're saving, and they're watching, they're re-watching. TikTok will look at all of that and they'll go, let's push it down to the next set, which is an expanded viewership based around that initial 200. And that goes up to about 50K mm. and then it will continue up to about a million. And then it will go beyond that, which is like virality. And then there's like mega viral, which is like cross country across everything. But those factors... You all have to start there because we start at the audience and then it's actually how good is your content, right? At this point. Now the style thing right. sure. is massive because no brand can cut. Some brands get very lucky with this. Even creators, like a lot of creators will talk about how they do like 500 videos before they find what works for them. But you look at the big brands on TikTok mm. that are working really, really working well. Duolingo, Lux Collective, a really good example. Um, Ryanair. They all started from one position and then found a style that fit for them. So Duolingo, if you go back to all, I love Duolingo, such a great example. It's not what every brand can be, but they started off as a useful translation-based TikTok. You'd go on there and there people talking to camera, going like, this is how you say this in German. This is how you say this in Spanish. Then they, I don't, I don't know how it happened, but I think it's her name, Zaria, the social media manager there. She got in the, the owl costume and just started doing funny memes, nothing about translation, and they blew up on TikTok. And that was then their style. And they found it and they carried on with it. Hmm. Ryanair did funny, like, uh, they did like, you know, useful offers. And then they went to Plainface, which is very, very famous. Lux Collective, they're a brand that basically, they're a secondhand luxury brand. And all it was, was a guy high production camera talking about luxury goods and offering really, really useful content. Now, all of those examples are kind of different, but when you're a brand and you're going out to that audience, 200 to 600, consistency becomes massive and your own thing becomes massive because if you try and be useful one time and then you're doing like sketch-based funny content the next time, and then you're doing like entertaining memes, you are confusing that 200 to 600 viewers about what they should expect consistently. And ideally, not every brand can do this. Ideally, you want to zero in on, am I going to go entertaining? Well, if you're going to go entertaining, 
go entertaining and only go entertaining. Am I going to be useful? Mm. Get as useful as you bloody can. Just go fully useful and then change that into something that feels unique, feels unique to TikTok. Because if you don't do that, you won't be consistent. You won't get those ripples of stuff where you're breaking through 200 to 500 because everything will be like chucking everything at a wall. And if you chuck everything there, you'll never find out what works. It's really, really hard because you want to try everything just to see what catches fire. But you can try hundreds of posts and see nothing. But if you build and build and build on one style, you've got a much better chance. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's ab- absolutely f- fascinating. And I think like when I think just myself about the brands and I guess like the individual creators that I follow on, not just TikTok, but I think it's very similar on Instagram. It, it is that consistent sort of like as soon as it comes up in the feed, you're like, yes, I'm going to watch that because, and I think, yeah, that makes so much sense. Okay, so something um, here, number five, uh, do number five is focus on your hooks, 1.5 seconds to make an impression, which seems absolutely bonkers, by the way. Uh, the first thing a user sees is hyper important. Talk a little bit about hooks on TikTok and maybe, Sam, it would be interesting to hear is there anything unique about TikTok in 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 that regard? I mean, YouTube, I assume, is very much the same sort of mechanics. Is there anything that stands out in terms of TikTok and, and hooks? Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a really good question because when I I'm old enough for working in, so I'm not. I mean, I'm not super old, but I've worked in social for over a decade. And when I used to go to Facebook back in the day before they were Meta, they talked about the free second audition on the platform. They, that was like, you've got three seconds, they said, to make an impression because that's how users scroll and they see something and it catches. Mm. And that's been a big thing in social and YouTube and other areas. I mean, YouTube traditionally, if it's true view, you've got five seconds and all of that to make that impression. Sure. But TikTok, the nature of the platform, it's a trigger happy platform mm. where you are scrolling to make the next move and your fingers on the button. So three seconds dead, you've got 1.5 to make an impression. And without like, not just like 1.5, but you've got to make an impression that feels authentic immediately. This is why 200 to 200 viewers being the right one, because you've got trigger happy people who are barely paying attention because people on TikTok, half the time, everyone assumes when they post something, everyone's going to view it with like full attention. You might be watching TV, you might be on the train, you might be sitting there at work trying to quickly do it. So you're barely paying attention at the moment what you're doing. So if something doesn't grab you like that, you're just going to scroll on by. So if you promote the brand in the immediate 1.5 seconds, they go, well, screw that, that's an ad, gone, like that. So you've got to do something that feels hyper-relatable to that. So let's example, let's say, if you're a football fan, you're going to love this. Oh, I'm a football fan. That is incredibly relatable to me. I'll watch beyond the 1.5 seconds. You've got me in the beginning point to get there. So there's there's numerous examples of hooks in that kind of style or like appealing to relatability and clickbait, like very well, YouTube was always very good at those big creators who would put the thumbnails up and do all of that. Like that same logic exists, like Mm. what Buzzfeed used to do in terms of like, you're, you're not going to want to, you're not going to, you're going to love this if you're a Harry Potter fan or something like that. Like that logic Mm. still fits so true on TikTok today. Yeah. Now that, I mean, it make, makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, it's easy to sort of, um, I don't know, it's easy to be sort of jaded about it, I guess, like, especially if you work in content media marketing, it's sort of like, oh, is it, is that where we've got to where we've dumbed it down? But I think actually it's sort of, it is more about sort of what's worth interrupting our days or sort of 
interrupting a, a user's day for. I think, you know, there's, there's it's not all uh, negative. It is about leveling up the sort of um, the level of excite, ex, excitingness of, of the content, which makes sense. Um, so we talked a bit about the Roman Empire before, which like, you know, I assume most people that are, you know, live online have heard about this week. And that brings us to do number six, which is use trends if they're right for your business. Um, talk a little bit about uh, trend jacking, how brands should think about it, when to do it versus when not to do it, sort of um, how do you feel about trend jacking? Trend jacking, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's all dependent on brands. Like when we, when we work with them on, on TikTok strategy, it's one of the first questions we ask is, what's right for you? How comfortable do you feel? Like if, are you this unhinged or like would this trend work for you? We have like a scale of like trend suitability we use, which is like, oh. look, would you even, would you go here? Would you not? Would you have swearing? So many trends have swearing. It's crazy. Like all of those little things. But right. there is a, there is a, yeah, it's like, because it's a lot of songs, a lot of people reacting to stuff. And the, the challenge is, I find a year ago, certainly two years ago, trend jacking was way easier and really, really useful. Now TikTok rewards consistency, originality a lot more, and people want to see your style, right? So trends become a challenge in terms of that strategy because they're style breaking, they potentially can get you in the wrong talk. So there's been a big trend example for a lot of brands started doing a lot of content around like office-based stuff, all of that. And it was like, they would go viral from it, from an office-based thing, like of them, like um, stuff, you know, my bestie comes into work and stuff like that. But what's the point? Mm. Because you're going out, you're going viral about a topic that isn't anything to do with your business, anything to do with the talk that you want to sit in. And it's not right. giving you longevity. So can you find a trend that gives you a spin in the talk that helps you build, helps you build future videos, helps you grow following? You'll see a lot of brands go viral or their following kind of stays the same because you've not done something to them that makes them realize, I want to stay with this. I want to be part of this community. You've got to do stuff that kind of fits the talk fits the virality like for future stuff so like roman empire is a great example of one of those trends where you go is it right for my business can i put my spin on it it's brand safe in many many ways many many ways because you can put your own spin on it mm. the corn trend last year was the best trend mm. i've seen in ages so many brands could just be like they could just change corn for their brand and that was perfect that's brand building within tiktok so like those big big moments where you can bring stuff is super super good but trend jacking gets really, really tricky. Yeah, remind me, like Sam. It. Yeah. Yeah, remind me, Sam. I the corn trend is not um coming to me. Remind me what that was. <laughs> there was a it was a viral video of a of a kid being like, What do you love? And he was like, It's he's like, What are you eating? I think. And the guy, uh the kid, and he's got corn and he's just like, It's corn. And then so, the Shmomo guys, uh, I think that's how you pronounce them, they made this viral song which was like, It's corn. It's got the juice. So brands basically changed its corn to it's their brand or like it's their product in the middle of that. And everybody was just going viral. So we work with an Indian restaurant who are really big on TikTok. They're called Urban Tandoor. They've had millions of video views or 120,000 followers. And we did it's curry. And we got all the restaurant, all the people in the restaurants basically. It got 4 million views on TikTok mm. with people just being like, yeah, we love curry. We love Indian restaurants. It's great. So wow. like that aspect was like, so good for so many brands it's like that's perfect and we could do it in the style that we had which was normally them lip syncing 
to things so it fit quite well right so if your trend can kind of come back to the style to the top it's perfect see that's that's interesting because like so what you're saying is you know they jumped on the corn trend but they didn't go outside of the top that they were already in like they i, I don't know what the to- i guess it would be like london restaurants you'll be very um, surprised what the, the indian is. community up or something like that no it's tell uh, me <laughs> parody talk they are in so if you uh, i'd highly recommend following urban tandoor their whole account is parody songs about with Urban Tandoor weaved into it. So they did a re- one recently, which was the Grease musical. Oh my God, wow, Sandy amazing. Thing, where they do, the whole thing for them was like, you weave in Urban Tandoor is the place to go. <laughs> and it's so, they're so bad at singing and lip syncing, but it's part of the fun. So for them, lip syncing fits really, really well. They're not in, right. this is why choosing a talk is actually sometimes quite nonsensical sometimes because you don't necessarily have to do it about your brand proposition or your location. A restaurant account, in theory, should be about food talk. We found all the food talk stuff we were doing was rubbish. Never right. worked. Looked great, didn't cut through because you're competing against a gajillion other food accounts. Bristol isn't big enough for them. Hmm. Parody talk is massive. So now they get so- loads of people coming because of it. And it's, it's a different way of thinking in terms of it. So that, that was going to be my next question, Sam. What, what do you say, and I'd love to talk more about um, that case, um, if you can share, share details, but, you know, what, uh, you know, I guess a sceptical take would be, okay, sure, we're blowing up on par- uh, Parody Talk. How many people are coming in the restaurant because of it? Could you share a little bit about how you see, like, um, uh, blowing up on TikTok and I guess like social media in general and actually converting that effectively to, to business? I guess especially in... Um, a business like a restaurant where like you're literally constrained by geography it's not online it'd be fascinating to hear more about how that's um, performed yeah so I there's a really good question I've got a great stat for you 40% of all their bookings come from TikTok people travel that's to bonkers. Bristol now that's like bonkers. it's crazy it's crazy right it's crazy but that was a two-year journey two-year journey to get them into this position. We did a lot of stuff, did a lot of different things. If you look at the comments, most of the comments now are, I need to get to Bristol, I'm visiting Bristol. They have people coming all over. They are so well known in Bristol that they're they're filled when it comes down to it because of it. But where I, do you remember when I talked about um, blowing up because of your work talk or like your, your work bestie and stuff? The more content you do in that space is never going to give you conversion to customers, right? It's never going to make someone want to follow and buy from your brand because it's irrelevant to the talk, unless you want to just be the biggest and best in bestie talk or work bestie talk. And if you maybe sell corporate like HR products, perhaps that's really good. But consistency and longevity is way more important than chasing views for one big moment. It's about building. You're much better getting consistently 20,000 views on every video in a talk than you are getting 1 million views Mm. in one video because one video doesn't change much. It's about consistently getting those views because then people go, it's Urban Tandor. It's Duolingo. I recognize them. I recognize them there. It's brand building over the long term. And if you chase chase views and chase stuff and like immediacy you're you're never going to win because it's just too it's too short term you've got to think very very long term 
Yeah, so that makes total sense to me. Long-term brand building. How could you share with um, Urban Tender? Is there any mechanics which they implement to drive that conversion, or would you say that there aren't any? And actually, it's all about brand building, and people organically then decide, "Hey, I'd love to get there because I just love this account." Is there is there anything in the middle there, or is it all brand building, following awareness, and then by nature of you know, enough people eventually will just convert anyway. It'd be great to hear a bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk a little bit about Urban Tendor and then I guess some other examples because they they naturally, I mean, they do a few things where they're linking their bio or have the ability to book so people go there. But if you go to their Instagram, there is a mix of that content that blows up on TikTok on Instagram, but there's also more food-based content on there they've got their selling on there because they know they get that audience onto there. So they do a little bit of work on that side, but, and they run ads on Instagram to mop up some of the people that have interacted with them off of the back of the TikTok stuff. So that's one way of doing it, but they, they don't judge it necessarily on sales, but it just ha- has a happy coincidence. I would always recommend if it's a conversion based campaign, wouldn't be to look at organic for that necessarily. It would be potentially to bring in things like influencer, Mm -hmm. TikTok ads, stuff that you can start mapping back. There's a really, really good tool at the moment called New Commerce, which is like K-N-O-O commerce, basically. It's a post-purchase survey tool. And for I don't work for New Commerce, I should, because I promote them all the time. But they do a post-purchase survey uh, tool for people who just bought at the end of the journey. And we've done it on a couple of clients and seen 40, 45% response rate, which is wild. And people say where they actually saw you from, where did they first see you from? And the data we saw, which was we were running TikTok ads on Organic for a client. Last click attribution, 5% of sales was TikTok. This post-purchase suddenly put that up to 30%. Wow. Which was wild because it didn't show that on the data at all. It showed people have come through Google because actually people are seeing stuff on TikTok. They've Googled them. They come back. They've done their reshot. TikTok people are savvy. They will look for those deals and start researching, but they kind of get lost in the mix. So if you're ever thinking about your business, try and get the data back from people who are buying about, did they see you on TikTok? Where did they first see you? Was it influence? Was it that? So it's not quite organic, but I think it's it's something to really, really think about because measurement tools today and last click are so crap, basically. It's all a zero party data like that is just fantastic. Like yeah, really recommend yeah. it. Yeah, and and you know, here at Como, that's sort of that's that's our mantra as well, is really, really investing in zero party. Um, data strategy. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, do number seven is maybe an obvious one, but um, nonetheless uh, seems important, which is to comment and engage with other brands in your space. Uh, this is a big part of TikTok, understanding what talk your account should be in. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a big part of liaising with the other, liaising, sorry, messaging, uh, engaging with other creators in that space helps that, helps that linkage for TikTok. But if you, I don't know if you, this is how I use TikTok, right? If I see a viral video, I will always go to the comments and I'll be checking out the best comment. And if you get the top comment on that one, you get so many more profile views coming back to you. So you've in theory got similar creators that are similar to you. And then they're who already follow a brand that is in theory relatable to your creator. Now you've got them coming to your profile, watching your video increasing the watch time, increasing the engagement, following your brand. So that's a really, really big bonus. 
but on your own content, massive mistake brands make. They just leave their comments there. You have to respond to every single one because one, it's about building a community, not just a yeah. bunch of faceless followers. But if you respond to a comment on TikTok, what happens is that person who's commenting gets a notification. They come back to the video. They've started watching it again. It's a rewatch. That helps in the algorithm. They've maybe engaged again and they've got recommented. So you're suddenly now helping that video back in the algorithm. So you will see your video. Maybe it was stuck at 30,000 views. Suddenly it's gone up to 32,000 because it's got a little bit extra boost in the, in the algorithm. Mm -hmm. So it's so important. Engage with everybody so you can build a community of people because you, you speak to a person, they want to come back. They're more likely to comment the next time. So you start getting it. Urban Tandor again, I won't just always talk about them, but look at the comments. There are probably 100,000 we have replied to this year alone because everyone is important. We have to respond to it wow. just to kind of keep up. And people love commenting now because of like part of that is, you know, the video is great, but people, they always come back. They know they're going to get a comment. They ask for like, when's the admin going to respond to me and stuff. So like build it and engage with it. Don't leave it there. So I mean, even if it's bad, play into that. Like lean into it. Like controversy works amazing on TikTok. So yeah, nurture that audience, grow it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I had um, I had uh, Kevin Lynch from Oatly on the podcast um, a couple of months ago, and and a big part of their social strategy. I'm sure you've noticed a huge part of their social and community strategy is to engage with the haters. Oatly is obviously a very divisive brand; it gets a ton of hate. Um, and they, you know, uh, recently I don't know if you saw the campaign fuckoatly.com. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, which was this person had they'd put up this website called fuckoatly.com, which was like you know all the things that. Um, uh, you know, this this person didn't like about Oatly and Oatly, um, uh, their campaign was fuckfuckoatly.com, which was, you know, them just <laughs> so totally leaning into leaning into the joke. And it went viral as almost everything they they always do uh, does. So I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it, for me, that links very much back to the authenticity piece earlier, which is, you know, and I think, again, Ryanair, brilliant at this as well. Um, and obviously that's not right for every brand. It's probably not right for a bank or an insurance company, but there's, you know, there's, there's something to be yeah, said true. there. Um, the next one's interesting because this is something I sort of know very little about, which is TikTok SEO. Uh, choose some of your content based on TikTok SEO and what you want to rank for on the platform. So that's titles, hashtags, and, and captions. How does SEO on TikTok work? Oh, it, very similar to Google in some ways and very different in other ways. Um, obviously, mm. Google SEO, traditionally about link building and keyword building. And the key thing for TikTok is understanding keywords within your title, within your caption, within your hashtags, with what's said. So that helps TikTok understand where to place it within, within search, basically. So every video on TikTok, if you go on it today, have a little look at the very top bar, what you will see is a search bar on the video and you will see how TikTok has defined the video. So it will, if, it's, if it doesn't understand it, what it will say is related interests on there. It will sometimes then put it into a specific search term. So we did a video for a Birmingham, Birmingham council, one of our clients uh, on TikTok, and it was about the Birmingham accent. Mm. And it wasn't recognized anywhere. It did like 30,000 views initially, but then suddenly it picked up Birmingham accent as a search term. And now anytime anyone searches for Birmingham accent, 
it's got loads and loads of views. So it's had over a million views now because a lot of people, the Birmingham accent is very funny. So people search for it quite a lot and it gets that placement in a search term. So your first thing, basically understanding the talk, if you remember that part of it, right? But if you understand some potential search terms, TikTok doesn't release search terms, but they release hashtag data. And you can take from hashtag data, very similar things. And you can take your Google search terms, particularly in the long tail, things to do in or what to do with this product or something like that. And you can search for them on TikTok and you will see all of the all of the, the top videos against that. And you can start to pick out what is a potential search term for my brand? How can I integrate that into it? Is it just one thing I want to rank for, like a particular plan for something? Or is it a particular insurance product or like life insurance explained or top savings accounts that I need to get to. And you can start building content all about that particular thing because it will take some time. It's it's like Google with like quality signals about linkages back. The quality signal TikTok will use is engagement, is views, is stuff like that. So your content still has to be good, but only and then it has to be really optimized at the same time. If that if that makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. And like you say, very similar in some ways to Google, which is very well understood and, and, and different in others. Um, do number nine, uh, repurpose content. So what you've written here, Sam, is if something doesn't work, try it again in a couple of days with a new hook, a different opening or a different caption. This is this is an interesting one because it's sort of, it, it's, it you know, just spontaneously it feels like, you know, TikTok would be more about sort of, yeah, originality, trying something new. But what you're saying here is actually sort of just retrying similar ideas over and over is a, a strategy for success. Yeah, I've, lo I've lost count on how many clients we've posted something and we thought it was going to be the hottest shit in the world and it went down terribly. <laughs> and then what we did, we looked at it again and went, you know what, that video was too long or that hook wasn't right. And we reposted it and it's suddenly blown up. And that is so different to other platforms because visually and aesthetically on Instagram, you don't really want the same looking content sitting there on your carefully created feed, right? Whereas TikTok, you can worry less about that. You can choose a different cover and stuff like that. The fundamentally on TikTok, you've got that 200 to 600 viewers. What you've done with that content might have meant it's not hit the right audience at that particular time, right? 200 people who see something at 6 p.m. on a day might be the wrong 200 people mm. who need to see it at 7 p.m. on the Sunday. Or actually you've strayed into a random talk with what you put in the caption or TikTok's uh, categorized it properly. Or the content was crap, whatever it is. But a slight redo and another chance... Mm is always worth doing because you've already got the content. How much investment do you end up spending as a brand on content that then didn't work and you go, oh, let's forget about it then. Never forget about it. Think about how you could do it differently. Don't spam the feed with like 10 videos, but give it another shot if you think there's something in it because it can happen so much. Just a slight change makes it work. It's, yeah, it's definitely a really big miss one for rats. Mm. Yeah, which leads so beautifully into the last do, which is once something works, do it again, double down. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. So you find the best scenario, you found the thing, you found that one thing. Zaria in the Duolingo suit had stumbled across this. I don't, think, I don't know if she was the first person to be a mascot or anything else, 
But once it worked, they threw everything else out and they went full, fully, fully hog into the kind of the mascot world. And Ryanair were the same with the plane face blowing up. If you find the thing, just keep going. If you find one topic, we've got one client, which is a bar at the moment. And uh, we did a video on the street, like interviews recently. Mm. And we originally had it all one video, but we broke it up into four. It was better. Guess the brand, right? The first video got half a million views. So we went, right, let's make sure we split that up into more. Part two now has got a million views. And part three and four and five, we're going to be doing as many parts until that thing is milked and dry. If you've got something that's working, just milk it and keep on going until it stops. It will stop. It won't last forever. People love different parts sure. as well. They love coming back to something. They see part nine, they go back to the beginning. So keep on going with it as much as you can. If it means pivoting away, like Urban Tandoor, with parody songs mm. that wasn't like a strategy we had come up with where we said this is going to be pure parody songs we did one it caught fire and we went we're onto something here and we started doing more and more and more and more and now that's basically all we do we still do some trends here and there but it's basically parody now we've transitioned a bit into parody tv moments in the uk and parody movie moments and stuff like that so you can start building around all of those areas as well yeah, I, I like that. It's sort of you can you can sort of you know um, just as potentially you could get to some sort of drop off or dilution period, you can sort of evolve and and sort of take it in a new direction, which is which is uh, really really interesting. All right, so those were the ten do's, and now we're going to do the ten don'ts or do nots. Um, and the first one here is really an interesting one, and maybe a controversial one for sort of marketers, which is do not judge organic TikTok by how many sales it generates for you. If you're trying to sell products via organic content, then you are going to fail. It's interesting. People hate it. We uh, we've done. As a TikTok agency, I'd say we've been here for two years. The first year was trying to get brands massive on TikTok and then them going, but it hasn't generated any sales for us. And what we realized is some brands come to invest in a platform very much on, I mean, understandably, there's an ROI that they need in terms of that investment. So if you want to generate sales, if you want to generate leads, if you want that type of stuff, that's all well and good. But organic, it's like working with a hand behind your back if you're trying to sell something the entire time. It is possible, example, Urban Tandor, bookings come in, helps all that type of stuff over the long term. But if we were trying to sell curries, it would never work because it's too product-based, it's too sales-based. Mm. But TikTok has amazing, amazing potential with TikTok advertising with influencers it's got incredibly low cpms great conversion if you're in the uk tiktok shop is huge at the moment and it's a way of working with affiliate creators and that's massive and like that's where you can do it at the moment don't go in with your organic strategy of like i'm going to flog all loads of stuff about my brand because people don't give a shit they really don't and it's you can't you can't judge it on that yeah, no, that makes that makes so much sense, and I think just an interesting side note is, yeah, I read um, the TikTok shop update on your LinkedIn the other day, and that that that's really really interesting because we've obviously had things in the past, like I know Instagram obviously have some sort of commerce features, which again maybe I've got no idea, but just hasn't seemed it doesn't seem massive. Um, Pinterest, I know, huge platform, obviously have 
Yeah, yeah, haven't sort of ha- no. Feels like no one has really nailed that sort of social shopping piece. At least in the West, I'm sure. Like in China, there's probably you know probably huge successes. But TikTok feels like the one that could work. Um, I really think it will be the one to break it. They the difference between Instagram and Pinterest is that they've spent. Mm. I don't. I don't want to get my numbers muddled up, but between 500 million to a billion in investing in the fulfillment of TikTok shop. Instagram was just about commerce and transactions. Oh, wow. So the US, they made a $500 million loss because they've just put so much into fulfilling stuff. And t- in the UK, now TikTok fulfills a lot of products for brands. So they are, they're wow. so inv- they are so invested in making this something. They're trying to be Amazon of, of social media when it comes down to it. The Amazon oh. work because it built this whole fulfillment network. Now things are being fulfilled by TikTok and TikTok are heavily invested in making that become massive. The amount of pulling to the, the deals they give to brands, the deals they give to creators to promote it. It's like, it's wild. They're going, they've, they've nailed it in Singapore, Malaysia, over in China. If anyone's going to make it work, it's going to be TikTok. Mm. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely fascinating. Um, do don't number two we've talked a little bit about it before but it was don't put content from other channels on tiktok and expect it to work now that i get that's fairly obvious we've talked about authenticity lo-fi so maybe we don't need to cover that again but what i will say is what something i have noticed sam is i've noticed a lot of tiktok you know it's the i don't know it's sort of the joke that you know the reels are like this week's reels are last week's tiktoks why does it work one way and not the other do you have a view on that yeah, definitely. I think you're, you're starting to see the migration from YouTube a little bit more so than Instagram. You've got a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of like Mr. Beast, take Mr. Beast example, biggest YouTube creator, now invests a lot in TikTok. Um, Diary of a CEO, great example of that, one of, the, one of the biggest podcasts in the world. But they spend a lot of time making their content from YouTube into TikTok first content. So there's a really interesting guy. I can't remember. I think he's Anthony Smith or something. He's the trailer editor for, they have a position in the company, which is trailer editor. And he shows their process for how they do nine by 16 TikTok content and then Instagram and then all of this. So you're seeing, now you are seeing like YouTube content coming into TikTok, this podcast style, which is just like working phenomenally because it's being repositioned and purposed in a different way. Whereas before you would have been like, well, it has to be designed for TikTok actually is coming from YouTube. And now TikTok is getting, TikTokers are getting much more used to it because it's got the right text. It looks a bit native. It's designed in that way. So Mm. you're starting to see a little bit of pushback from it, but it's still done within the realms of like, it Mm. looks like a TikTok in some respect. Sure. Uh, The next don't I found really interesting, Sam, because it's uh, do not heavily script your content, which again, you know, we've talked about authenticity, lo-fi, not sort of uh, not being corporate. Um, But at the same time, you know, I suspect a lot of uh, brands that that do well on TikTok, you know, it's very well thought out. So what's the difference between not scripting the content versus uh i guess like um you know sort of uh, being spontaneous or not thinking through it sort of tr- tr- help me try and sort of unpack that yeah it's it's um it's a bit of a misnomer the way i've described like not heavily scripting your content i think it's like the authenticity piece comes comes hugely into this and it is like having a well thought out treatment and everything else is is essential when it comes down you can't just just let it all go but if you overly script stuff with like 
quite a lot of work. A lot of brands will be like, we need to say everything we can about this scenario, but less is more on TikTok. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that things have to be five, 10 seconds videos. Some of the best videos on TikTok at the moment are over a minute, but does it need to be so long? Can you take stuff out of it? Attention spans are low. Right. So can you rescript things to make it feel less? And also like it's when I feel say scripted, I also mean like, does it feel scripted? Are you watching something yeah. thinking like that? That doesn't feel authentic. You've not really brought that to life. I can, I can tell you're thinking about what you're saying. So it's about production at the same time and how you make it look like it wasn't scripted. So you're using good creatives yeah. who are native to TikTok. But if you get yeah. actors, you will find they quite often look like they're acting. And that is really hard for a lot of brands because yeah. finding creators versus actors and stuff like that. Yeah. And I assume, I, you know, I totally know what you mean by that. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think also that it's, it's when you see brands that you feel like, okay, legal and compliance have been over this. Like you can sort of feel it in the, in the content. It's sort of, it's, yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's, it's, yeah. Over, it's sort of heavy handed, I think might be a nice way to. Heavy handed is a really uh, good word. To put that. Yeah. So do not number four is interesting, which is an, uh, jumping on every trend. Um, and I think, again, uh, the only thing I would say here is, yeah, Starbucks and Wendy's in the, the crypto uh, boom of a couple of years ago. That it just felt like, yeah, well, you know, jumping on everything. And I guess they all had uh, Bored Ape avatars and that died out yeah. very quickly. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. I think, yeah, it's, it's a really simple one just before. It's just don't choose something that's relevant and don't make it your whole strategy. Be original, but bring in those ones that feel relevant to your brand. I also, like, it's so hard because you don't want to be the cringy brand that jumped on the wrong trend as well. And that's that's really, really tricky. Imagine explaining to your boss why you jumped on this trend and they're like, I don't really get that. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's got to, it's, it's a tricky one. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like it's funny as we go through this list. I mean, it is really, really hard. Like you know, uh, TikTok for brands is bloody hard because it, all of these little trade-offs about you know you aren't an individual creator. I mean, you you are still representing you know a company and a brand and a board and all of that. So I, you know, I think the challenge. I mean, it's it's. Um, it's immense. And so we touched a little bit on um, do not five there, which was don't create content that isn't relevant. So going on to number six, which is don't put your product front and center and expect TikTok to care. You need to entertain, inspire or inform. We've talked a little bit about this, um, but are there, are there examples of, of brands that do put their products forward and still succeed? Are there exceptions to this rule might be an interesting discussion yes. to have? Yes, there are. It's, it is... Uh, what, what it's, this is where it gets tricky because brands mm. and brand popularity and what people say about brands make a big difference to this rule. If you are a startup and nobody knows about you, putting a product front and center, unless it is like this really unique, interesting product, is not going to do anything. Sure. There's a great company on TikTok called Nothing. They're a, they're a phone brand. You may or may not have heard of them, but nothing tech yes. they are on TikTok. Yeah. Predominantly, their content, actually some of the best pieces of content they do, is just the phone. It's just the phone in different ways. It's the phone being right. used with, um, like, a, being thrown down the stairs or, like, having some water on it or just even, like, showing it off. In that scenario, the product actually works really, really well for them. So 
it can be it can be done but the the beauty about nothing is that they have this hyper engaged audience that all they want to talk about is the phone all they want to do is look at the brand new thing that's coming out yeah. so for them it works really really well the there's a company we run also called the works big retail brand in the uk and what we found was what worked really really well mm. was referencing people going to the works because everybody as a kid remembers going there with their mum and dad and their mum buying loads of stuff for them for school. So mm. tapping into the brand in that scenario actually mm. was really, really relevant. So there's a way of doing it. Clever. It, but you've got to be able to play into your brand probably in more of a like self-deprecating way in many ways. Ryanair, great, great way of they do it, of just being like, you know we're yes. you know we're cheap and you're gonna complain and we're gonna laugh at you. And people go, love it. It's great. Can I have another one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Ryanair is just such an amazing case study of business and marketing sort of on every level and has been for a long time. Because, yeah, it's interesting because I agree, like the nothing, I have actually seen that nothing account and I agree, it's brilliant. And there's a couple of other accounts I follow like in gadgets and, and things like that where, yeah, like, of course, the, the product is really like um, what you're there for. But I guess like... You know, the interesting part is if you're an insurance company or, you know, a pet food company, yeah, like, the you know, the product doesn't have that same sort of appeal as, a you know, an amazing piece of tech or a gadget or, yeah. a, you know, I guess watches. I'm sure that, like, the Rolex account just shows off the product, but, like, that feels different to what so many other brands would need to do on um, on TikTok. So, yeah, I think that's that's great, great advice. Um Number seven, I found also really interesting, Sam, which was you were saying to not worry so much about the timing or the length. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about consistency, but that was really your message there, that the sort of the consistency is the key. You also mentioned something uh, to me when we were talking before, which was Hilton, sort of the hotel chain, posted a 10-minute TikTok um, <laughs> a couple of months ago now, which that seems to break every rule of TikTok um, around, but it worked. Yeah. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about that Hilton example, just as a, a, a again a counter or an exception to a rule. Yeah, I mean, is, I, 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 they're absolutely the exception because the budgets were insane. But they they are the fundamental example of how you keep attention. I I would never say this is too long. I would say mm. this feels too slow. So. TikTok use a thing for ads, which I think is so relevant to organic. It's about attention triggers that you have within something. A, a one minute 30 piece of content can feel very, very quick if you're hyper engaged throughout there. But if there's any downtime, your trigger finger on TikTok is already sent you on the next way. So five, 10 seconds could be the optimal length for, for brand on a piece of video, be it a trend or whatever it is. But TikTok isn't going to reward that as much as they're going to reward longer pieces of content that keep people engaged on the platform. So the number one question you need to ask yourself as a brand is, when I watch this content back that I've created and watch it cold, not from the perspective of you, yourself, who already understands the brand, you watch that cold and you go, was I engaged in every point in that video? Because if I wasn't, it's too long. So how do you keep that engagement can it be transition? Is it a music piece? Is it like an emoji? Is it text? Is it a tra is it a movement in the video? There's various things you can do to keep pace, but the pace aspect is way more important 
their length at the moment. TikTok themselves at the moment, if you go to post, it will say, they will say this in app, you have a better chance of succeeding if you post over a minute at the moment. They are really, really pushing that at the moment. They want people on the platform properly watching stuff and engaging. Yes. So the more you can do that, it's great. Now, to, uh, watch Hilton ad because it's the best example of attention trigger. It's constantly transitioning, music, different creators all over the place. It's, it's absolutely mm. wild, but you can't always do that. But that is a great example where everybody just absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. Now, you just need a couple of million quid to do that, so crack on. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did watch it a few months ago, and I seem to remember Paris Hilton was also in it, <laughs> so you probably need a few million for talent talent as well. Um, although I hope Hilton get her for free. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Um, so that, that was a lovely segue into do not uh, number eight, actually, which was do not focus on content that is not scalable. Um, if something works, you want to be asking yourself, could I do it again 10 times? And I think that is a, actually a really interesting uh, example thinking of you know that Hilton video which like you say I'm sure the budget was in the millions now that's not something they can pump out every day no. whereas I assume Duolingo or Ryanair they're, they're pumping out TikToks daily you know talk a little bit about scalability um, and and uh, and what that means yeah probably one of the things my team hates me for the most is nixing ideas which I go I don't see where there's a series or that's such a high level of production that if it doesn't work, it's a big investment in something. Right. We have to be so sure that something's going to work very, very well if we're going to get into high production. Mm. But scalability for me is, is taking an idea or a concept and going, that's great. Well, how do we make that four times with the production that we have? So podcasting is a really, really big, right. big, big level of content and brands are starting to come onto that on TikTok at the moment. And it's one of the most scalable pieces of content that is out there. The same with mm. on the street interviews. They are high production to set up for mm. talent, for permission, for all of that. But once you've got, mm. you've got them in a room or once you're asking people on the street, you can break that down into let's just do one question and let's do part two, part three, part five, part five. You can film tons of content that way. So actually then your investment in content becomes way more per piece to be able to give you that level of consistency, that level of growth across something. It doesn't mean don't do something because it isn't scalable all the time. But if you're choosing a strategy, think about what is going to be that scalable thing. If it's about like doing crazy challenges like Mr. Beast, ask yourself, how many can you do before you've run out of ideas and budget? And that's like, that's a really tricky right. thing sometimes. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, that sort of bang for the buck um, and sort of remixing, repurposing mindset, it feels very native to TikTok. Yeah. Um, but it's also, like you say, it's very scalable and sort of cost effective, which, you know, especially for brands that are making a bet on something like TikTok, which I assume most are, at least in the beginning, you know, that feels like a, a very smart, um, strategy. So uh, do not number nine, and we've talked a little bit about this, but we can expand upon it, which is do not try and reach people in a different country uh, from organic uh, without understanding the location on TikTok. Uh, we've talked a little bit about that, but um, what about things like language? How does TikTok deal with language and, and, and sort of, I guess, you know, things like that? Yeah. It's, again, yeah, that's a really good question about language. I think it's, if you are if you've got the budgets, it's always, it's always a budget question, right? Like Duolingo, great example, Ryanair, as usual. They've got different accounts for different languages now. 
uh, they actually redo uh, either they just redo uh, trends now, but they do it within the country of choice. They sometimes they do that really easily because actually what they do is they just change the text. Other times they will go and film something specific to Germany. They had one recently. So I live in Berlin. They had uh, the Duolingo bird outside Bergheim not being able to get in, which was like a big German meme, which was very, very good. But That's brilliant. It's so, it was so great. It was so great. But like it, if TikTok pushes it out to relevant people that the first, I, it's, I, I don't know why, because Instagram, you could just post forever. It doesn't do it this way, but it bases it on your SIM card, your location. Down the line, it will pick out your followers and it will start to zero in on that. But if you're starting from zero, you want to make sure that your phone is matching the language of the audience that you want it to go out to. So if you're after the French, you better make sure that your phone is in French, that TikTok knows it's in France, that the SIM card is French mm. to do that. So I live in Germany. I have a UK SIM card. Everything I post goes out to the UK still mm. because everything I created was in the UK. So TikTok is just wow. like, oh, this is a UK account. I get shown German content, but my content gets pushed out to the UK. It's really, really tricky. So if you're an international brand, think about that language where you're posting, who's setting it up. Can you farm it out to a creator in that country? Like there's different ways around it, but yeah, it's, um, it won't just go out to everybody. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. All right. So the last one, uh, do not number 10. And I think this is actually potentially the best one, uh, which is don't forget that TikTok isn't just for kids dancing. 46% of users are over 25 years old. You don't have to go after the Gen Z audience and be unhinged to win. Yeah, I, lo I love this stat. And I think it's actually got even bigger now. Like the audience of over 25s are growing and growing. I think it's over 50% now, which is wild because people still think of, well, I don't want to go on TikTok because it's just a load of kids dancing. It's just not the case. People, my mum's on there, right. which is nuts. She's very, she's a complete xenophobe, but she's on TikTok. She loves it. Like it is, it is, she doesn't post anything, thank goodness. But like she, she's a browser. She views it. A lot of people over the age of 25 <laughs> are lurkers. They're passive users of content on TikTok. So this reputation of young people on TikTok comes from a lot of what people see, not about the actual audience that engage with it. And I mentioned earlier about choosing that style, that lane. You can be unhinged, you can be entertaining, but you don't have to be because there's this whole element of TikTok that is about education. Learn on TikTok. BookTok has had 20 billion views or something nuts on there, just about books and people learning about topics. You can be so useful mm. and people will respond to that because that's what they want to know. Like they want to, they want to know things when it comes to TikTok. They don't just want to be entertained. They want to be informed. So pick that lane. If you want to inform users about stuff, then do it because in time you can build that in that talk and you can grow with that audience because there's just so much potential. The over fifties are the fastest growing audience on over TikTok which is wild, wild. Wow. That, yeah, that is wild. But I guess it's like, it does, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because, I mean, I think, like, people instinctively get that, like, something like YouTube is that way, which is sort of cuts across all, all demographics. But, right, there is this sort of, um, yeah, I guess I have that sort of, bias in my mind as well that you sort of think that TikTok is something that it isn't um which is great and I so I, I you know I agree going back to that first stat you know an hour ago it, it you know I think all brands and marketers do see it as the 
platform still, you know, as big as it is with the most um, potential. Sam, this has been um, so great. I think, you know, so many nuggets, insights and learnings. I thought we could end with just asking you a question. So what are the brand accounts that, you know, we've talked about a bunch today that everyone should go and follow? If you're a marketer working at a brand, you know, a corporate, uh, what are the accounts that, you know, they need to be going and following today to, to get inspiration? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I've probably said them all a thousand times, but I, I'll, I'll encourage you not just to promote one of our own, but Urban Tandor, Urban Tandor Bristol on TikTok for this example of parody stuff that is driving volume and sales and all of that type of stuff. It's, I think it's just a great example of thinking outside of your industry. Lux Collective. L-U-X, collective, maybe an E in after, after X, all about informing, never selling, but informing a guy just speaking to camera, talking about topics about fashion and stuff like that. It's very much learn on TikTok, but it's translated in their business is doing millions in revenue. And the guy, the owner will talk about, it's all TikTok that's driven that. And he's never sold anything on the channel. He's only informing. This is a great example. Duolingo just purely for the entertaining unhingedness and Ryanair the same as well. I do love Scrub Daddy as well. I think they're just a fantastic one in terms of what you can do with a product. They've, uh, they just do it based around, I mean, if you've seen Scrub Daddy with like the little uh, sponge and stuff, so they do very, very funny content. Um, no, no, I haven't. That That's completely new to me. So I've got to go and check that out straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it. Check out Scrub Daddy on that one. Like, there's there's lots of other ones, but I think those those are some of the best examples that I just kind of see at the moment. There was another one. It's slightly old now. Uh, so I'll give you two more, and then I'll and then I'll end. Black Country Living Museum were one of the biggest brands in the UK on TikTok. They got on it before anybody. They're basically a museum where you go and like there's people telling you stories about the past. They're a tiny little place in Dudley, just outside of Birmingham. And they blew up on TikTok by doing loads of singing and dancing. They were like the old school TikTok of like of old situations. It was wow. so, so clever. I don't, I haven't actually seen them in ages because I think they didn't invest as much as they used to, but they were a brilliant test case. And then the final one is Lotus Cars. If you know what Lotus Cars are, they are a UK sports brand. The important thing to do is to go back six months to a year and look at how they launched on TikTok because they are a sp like a very, very pretty sports cars. And then they became this wacky mm. Gen Z account where the admin was just posting crazy memes crazy memes nothing to do with lotus cars and they blew up they got millions of views and now they've kind of gone back to posting lovely pictures of videos of cars they've kind of done the full circle yeah. it was this crate we always used to talk about them yeah. of like maybe you don't want to go we use them as the of like on the unhinged scale back then it was like this is 10 do you want to be this great they were like we're going to go after 13 14 year old edgelords on tiktok and that's going to be our audience but now they've wow. gained this massive audience of people who love the admin the guy behind it who's this young bloke and now they're all actually quite invested in all the cars they've done this like absolute bait and switch which i love use it as a potential that's way to not do it but it's super interesting that is really interesting it's funny you say the admin thing because that is something that i have noticed on brand accounts a lot 
uh, is this like who's the admin, especially when it's mysterious. And so there's there's a lot there. I think the only other brand, Sam, that I'd like to throw on the table is Gymshark. I think I think they do a tremendous job on TikTok. I mean, great brand in general, clearly. Um, but you know, I think that, like if you go and look at that feed, all the covers look the same. Uh, you know, talking about the consistency that we've spoken about, they're definitely that relatability. Um, you know, very sort of meme heavy. Um, so I think Gymshark is absolutely one to, uh, yeah, to check out. I agree as well. with that. They've got they've really nailed scalability. They've just got carousels of images with things, right. and they're doing me. It's that is a great example of scalability. They've used a format now that's blown up, which is carousels, and they have this defined style on TikTok now. I love it. That's great. Mm. And I think again, just a final point, which I think is interesting with Gymshark is that you know their YouTube is totally the opposite, right? They're doing these <laughs> yeah. huge, um, uh, these big high production where they're going and sending this dude to go and swim this crazy thing, and it's like looks like there's a camera, you know, like a film team, and then TikTok is literally like iPhone footage. So I think it speaks to that, speaks to that, uh, speaks to that idea of like you know um, doing things for each channel yeah. authentically. Uh, and for each audience. Uh, Sam, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on. I've really in- enjoyed this chat. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah, really enjoyed, really enjoyed speaking to you, James. Thanks for listening to the On The Moment podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss upcoming episodes. And to suggest a guest or provide feedback, please visit our dedicated podcast hub at ownthemomentpod.com.